0: We pray that we we go out and seek you, God. You say in the scriptures, you know, if we ask, we, should, we you know we shall receive, and if we seek, we shall find. And God, we pray that in our hearts that if we we are challenged by Your Holy Spirit to do so, and we ask this in Your blessed and holy name, Amen. So we're going to talk about. So I'm going to go through this. We've been through week five for some of our new people. We'll go over give them review. So let's. I want you guys to make me proud about how how much review you guys remember or listen to. So week one, we talked about the history of the Bible, right? where it came from, how such an incredibly old book it is, and it's preserved for really us to really know how God, you know, uses his very words to us today. So what are some things you guys remember from week one? It could be anything. God breathed. God breathed. We learned that the word, when it's inspired word, means God breathed. What else did we learn? Just God breathed? That's okay. That's okay. So we also, what about week two? Week two, we talked about the purpose of the Bible. Why is the Bible here? How the Bible's basic instruction for life, right? But it says a, it's, it's a certain thing, too. It's God's written something to us love letter. love letter to us there it is love letter it doesn't mean that you know the, the bible's always easy to understand though right we talked about in week three we talked about it's about words in the bible how many of you guys can remember some of those words we used that are in the bible you hear christians say all the time we heard what god you know, bless your heart i'll pray for you <laughs> which basically means i'm not going to pray for you no? what else we learned we heard grace remember you guys grace Ask Jesus in your heart. What are some other words we heard that we did that we hadn't heard before? Maybe, Amen. We learned about Amen. What else? Hallelujah. Yes. Any other ones? Any phrases? What's that? Huh? Atonement. Ooh, that was a good one. Baptism. What are some phrases that you said you've heard Christians say before? What are some of them? I've heard uh, "garter heart." Christian guys that want to date girls, dude, you got to garter heart. Just garter heart. Or hold me accountable to that? What does that even mean? I'm not your accountant, so how am I going to hold you account? I don't deal with money. I work at a church, so some other phrases. And then you know, last week because we were in week five, last week we talked about what one part of the Bible. Come on, the New Testament. no, the New Testament's this week. Last week must have been the Old Testament. Old Testament. And as you guys knew, we told you with our with all of our time and effort we did, we spent. Tons of hours into our into the labs, running test after test, writing algorithms on the board. It looked like Goodwill hunting in, in our office. We were just writing and studying, taking samples, and we came to the conclusion—if you guys remember—that the Old Testament is old. I don't know if you knew that, but sources say, from our research, it's old. And then we also did some more testing. Since we're talking about the New Testament, we did more testing, even heavier. We were pulling we were pulling samples, DNA. It was just cross-species contaminations and just crazy stuff. And we came up with that the New Testament is old as well. <laughs> old Testament's old, but the New Testament's old. Oh, my goodness. Already too much. But we're going to be talking about the New Testament. We talked about in the Old Testament, what are some things we talked about the Old Testament? What, did it, what, what, what were in it? There were there were prophets, major and minor. What else? Old Testament, what else? What kind of books? Poetry. Poetry. Yep, poetic books. Psalms. Like we said before, Colton said on, uh, last week when he spoke, one of, my, one of, the, one of the main uh, poetic books in there is Psalms and Proverbs. Another one is Song of Songs, this beautiful love letter. And if, if you're ever getting desperate, and I, sh- I share with you guys my poetic, you know, Christian come on, if you will. And if you guys weren't here for it, if you ever see a Christian guy or girl you're interested in, you just come up to them and say, Hey, not in a zebra suit, but uh, you go, Hey, I was reading in the book of Numbers and uh, I realized I didn't have ears. What's up? My name's Joseph. But if that doesn't work, just start reading out Song of Songs or Songs of Solomon. Just, Her name is sweeter than that of the berry wine. Her name is perfume upon my feet. Okay. It's just like that. Apparently romantic for back in the day, different than today. Hey, yo, girl. You guys swag for days. Hit me up. Yeah, the, times never change, right? So today we talk about the New Testament. And Sunday we started talking about them. So let's talk about, let's see how many of you guys are paying attention, how many of you guys are half asleep, or how many of you guys are too wired on a coffee for your brain to even function. Alright? Let's see. First part of the New Testament opens up with what? These books that you guys know I'll give you a clue there. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but we call them what? The Gospels. The Gospels. But what does the word gospel mean? Uh, Good news. It's good news. The gospel. The word gospel means the good news, right? The reason being, this word the gospels were called the good news. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John stood beside Jesus when he fed five thousand people with like a few pieces of bread and a couple fish. They watched him put mud in a blind man's eye, and pff, he can see. How amazing would that be, right? You saw that just just someone just blind their whole life throw mud in their face, and they could see. How crazy is that, right? He, they saw Jesus when he, when he saw a, paral- a paralyzed man, and he, he had him walk. They showed Jesus, they saw Jesus walking on water. They showed even my favorite story in the New Testament, is not only did Jesus do all these things, but my favorite that always gets me going is Jesus not only fed people, healed people, you know, showed people new life, forgave people, called them out of their darkness my favorite one is he ended the ultimate darkness to one of our own our own human he his friend lazarus lazarus dies and he's he, he's late to the arrival of relative sickness and he's already buried rotten in the tomb for days and jesus so hurt by the fact that he is dead that death is, holds still holds bounds on this world that he weeps, it says, one of the shortest verses in the Bible, he sits there and it says, Jesus wept, and he wakes up, and he looks through the tomb, and he says, remove the stone, and everyone says, it's going to smell, it's going to smell like dead things in there, and he says, I don't care, open it, and he yells, Lazarus, come out, and if, sure enough, Lazarus comes out, he has risen the dead, zombie apocalypse, crazy. Jesus is doing amazing things, and these people, what they did is, they saw all these crazy things, and some part, if you guys saw the video one of the first weeks we did it, at some point, these guys were sitting there like, dude, Jesus does some crazy stuff. They're like, yeah, one of us should be writing this down. Who's writing this down? Get a tablet. Let's write this down. And that became the Gospels, the good news, to share on to the other people. I know the Greek word. I'm not sure 100% how to pronounce it. I'm terrible at speaking Greek. It's, it's awful, Right? It's, and it's it's literally like I can't even translate it. Like I hear other people say the Greek so like effortlessly, but sometimes when I try to communicate it to somebody, I feel like when I'm trying to communicate with Monica. Sometimes me and Monica are never on the same wave- wavelengths because she's from Finland, and I'll say basic phrases to her that I think are common, and she's just like, "I have no idea what you're saying." She'll say this thing back to me, and I'm like, "What's going on here, Monica? I don't understand." But these people, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry, I love do that with Monica talking to me. But like I was saying. These people got it all down on the coordinates. They said, we need to write this down, shared it with everybody, and that was where we get the good news. But the Greek word, like I was saying, comes from the, it, it comes from the word evangelize, which means to spread out the good news. That's where we get it. So after we have the book of Acts, right, we have the book, or after we have the book of Acts, what does Acts give us? It gives us something. It um, shows that it's all the acts that Jesus did. Not the acts of Jesus, someone else, people... People with Jesus are called apostles. The Acts of the Apostles. And we saw that in Acts, it shows us something. Here's a verse in Acts that I want to share with you guys. It said, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So what we got here is a big clue to what the book of Acts has given us. We got people praising God, all while praising God, and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. Each day the Lord added to their fellowship. Growing together, people coming together, those who are being saved. What did Acts give us? Model of the church. Boom, you guys are great listeners. The model of the church. Book of Acts gives us the model of what we have church. So wouldn't they be proud now to say "Us Harlem shaking it for Jesus. It's a... yeah, in chapter 5, thou shalt do with the Harlem shake and shake the walls of Jericho. I don't, I don't know why when I quote scripture I feel like an old, like the crypt keeper talking like an old man. Like thou shalt not steal, I don't know. But we talked about the gospels, on how they're life of Christ and they're the way to salvation. And that's the key. Acts, full name is the Acts of the Apostle. It's church number one. There's also a big key in Acts. Something happens. Something that's crazy cool. Now, what happens, is, uh, what happens is, in the Old Testament, there was the theme, God meets his people where they are. God the Father meets his people, right? We understood that. In the New Testament, in the Gospels, we have Jesus walking with everybody. But we also have the soon crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. Now, Jesus doesn't rise and start walking the earth again. He ascends to heaven. And a lot of these apostles, they're very upset about it. They're not upset at the fact that he's, you know, God, they're, just, they're saddened by the fact that Jesus is not walking on earth with them. I don't know about you, so many times in my faith, how many of us would find it way easier to believe in Christianity and God even if Jesus was still walking around today, right? If he was here, it'd make it a lot easier. I know a lot of times I think that. I go, man, if Jesus was here in person, all these people would believe. I don't have to deal with these kind of people that always tell me this stuff. It'd be so much easier. But Jesus insists on this one thing. He says, no, no, no. I have to go. You're going to get something super awesome. And it helps build the church. Anyone know what it is? Anybody? Come on. I'll give you a clue. It's represented as a dove sometimes. Peace. Not, the not peace. Harmony. No, it's a part of the Trinity, not the Triforce from Zelda. Holy Spirit. What? Automatically, systematically. Every time we hear the words Holy Spirit, me and Colton always have to say, like, it's the Holy Spirit. Automatically, systematically. Don't know if it actually works automatically, systematically. But we're going to go with that. The Holy Spirit. Why is the Holy Spirit so important, guys? Anybody know? I'll give you a clue. You ever, we were talking about how, the whole, how we asked Jesus into our heart, right? When we asked him, really, the Holy Spirit's dwelling in us. And how many of us remember we were here talking about the Gospels. Jesus was going around doing what? He was performing something, not magic tricks, miracles. Healing people. Doing all these things. Well, the Holy Spirit is in these apostles guess what starts happening to them? Miracles. They start healing people. Peter goes around and he just says, by the the power in the name of Jesus, walk to this paralyzed man who's never walked a day in his life. And he walks. And he always points to Jesus. It gets to a point where these apostles are walking and people just touch their, I guess it's a garment, but they touch their garments and they become healed. They sang together in their churches. They read the Bible. They prayed together. They met in houses. They reached out to their friends. They served neighbors. Doing what the church is still doing today. It was really awesome. Acts gives us a model of how the church should be. So, after these acts, we run into somebody. We talked about this. There's two people. There's Peter, who's one of the main apostles, helped start the church. There's another person who's that we call an apostle. But these two guys don't get along at first. Peter's kind of afraid of him for what he used to be. Paul. Paul. Paul, She's got the answers today. Look at her. Paul. Paul used to be called Saul. And anyone remember, you know, I'm going to give you, let's do a survey here. By a show of hands, Paul wrote a lot of the Bible. He wrote very beautiful, very beautiful, heartfelt things to churches. So with a man with that caliber of emotion. By a show of hands, how many of you guys think that his, before he was a Christian, he was a carpenter? Paul was a carpenter. How about, he, must, he, was, he was so generous and he was so beautiful. Maybe he was like, uh, you know, was he a painter? He must have been a painter, right? How many guys you think Paul was a painter? What about an artist? Paul must have been a part of, an artist, right? Or how many of you guys think just maybe there's a slight chance there was an open profession. He saw a Craigslist ad on a tablet. Saw, hey, we need this kind of a job. Anyone looking for it? You know, dial one. <laughs> I don't know. How many of you guys think Paul was a <laughs> Christian killer? That's what Paul was before. He was Saul, the Christian killer. Never says in the Bible exactly if Paul himself killed the Christians. But he did delegate, organize, and plan and seek out Christians to kill. So why would Peter be afraid of Paul? Probably due to the fact that not too long ago he was hunting him to kill him. It was crazy. But Paul obviously sees Jesus. He is yeah, Not sees Jesus, but he's blinded actually. He hears Jesus. He speaks to him and he tells him where to go. And Paul changes his life around. So after the book of Acts, we get into the epistles of Paul. And we had this question last week. What the heck is an epistle? I've heard it for years. Someone said like an an epistle. And I'm just like, I don't know, is that a, I don't know what it is. Is it like an apostle? Is it like a a not as important of an apostle? Epistle? (laughs) Apostle, epistle, you say tomato, I say tomato. You know what I'm saying? What are some things you guys think an epistle might be? Off the top of your head, you hear epistle, what do you think of? Words, words as friends, collections, cash profit, past profit, an epistle, a pistol. (laughs) If you guys know Tyler, the middle school director, they call him Trigger Man. Don't know why, they just call him Trigger Man. But an epistle sounds like, doesn't it sound like, a? how do you guys think an epistle sounds like a past profit? He used to be an apostle, but now he's not an apostle. He retired. He went into his 401K, decided to chill out on the shores of Nineveh and just soak in the sun, check out the big giant whale swallowing people. That's an Old Testament joke. Should be even funnier that I'm in a zebra costume. An epistle is actually a letter. And what Paul does is after we get to the book of Acts, Paul starts writing these epistles, which are letters to church. Right? Letters to churches, and so what happens to Paul is as Paul is is, is doing this, uh, these things. What happens is he goes to all these churches that he helps start, all these churches that he's either a part of or not a part of. But he's always writing letters to them. He wants to, he wants them to see just the glory of God and how to keep the church alive. So the Book of Acts shows us the model of church, but sometimes we've seen maybe churches that don't keep God's best will and best mind and interest. They get. It gets corrupted. And Paul is here to write letters in the epistles. So we're going to go through some of the churches he went through really quick. One of the books in the Bible after Acts is the book of Romans. Have you guys ever seen the book of Romans? That is an epistle. Anyone guess what church Paul's writing to? Roman Catholic? Roman church. He's writing to the Roman church. Romans was written to the, Ro- the church of Rome in Italy to give them encouragement. It's a book of encouragement. So if you're ever feeling down on your luck, you know, strap a zeba costume on, open up the book of Romans. You'll find some famous passages— in, the, in, the, uh, in, the, in these books here, it talks about God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. It's so Romans there. We just sung about that. God just brings all things to work together for our good. Paul wrote that a while ago. It's a, a word of encouragement to them. He also says to them in chapter 8, it says, No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. I love that verse. Nothing we can ever do. No weirdness, no no amount of Harlem shaking will ever separate us from God. And that's what he promised that's what Paul's promising in this church. If you guys go after that, he's writing, he go we go to Corinthians. Now anyone know what church Paul's probably writing to then? I'll give you a clue. Most of them I heard it. Most of them are in the name. He he, he sneezed it kind of. Anyone know? Corinthia, it's Corinth, Corinth. Paul founded this church, actually. He started this church. But while he was gone to help start other churches, so he came, he started this church, he got people together. He's like, okay, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, you do this stuff. I'm going to go really quick. I need to go help start other churches. While he left, it got ugly fast. Like, I'm talking like Christy Alley got ugly fast. Like, she was really pretty in, like, early 90s, and now, oh, She looks, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is anymore. It got ugly fast. It was full of conflicts. It was full of division and wrong theology. People making up theologies and such like that. Something that we saw in the Bible that Colton was showing me, that in the scriptures, if you guys ever have your Bible apps, and you look in the book of Job in chapter 39, in verse 9? In verse 9, it says a verse, and it says something about the oxen. You know, will the fighting oxen, you know, eat from your trough? And you go through all these translations. But in the King James Version from 1606? 16.11, 16.11, the translation reads, will the unicorn read through there? So there must have been some wrong theology where people were looking going, we need to go hunting for these unicorns. And people are like, there's no unicorns. We got to go looking for them because they're in the scripture. So there's wrong theology and division. Paul's writing these letters. He can read all about, you know, what we know was happening in 1st and 2nd Corinthians. Now after that, we go also to the book of Galatia, or Galatians, which is a church in Galatia, where they're trying to work their way to heaven. Right? How many of you guys know people like that? You have parents or other people. They're like, I can't do that. You'll go to hell. You can't do that. You'll go to hell for that. I don't know if they say it like that. you go to hell for that. Ew. Gross. you go to hell. That's what Galatia was doing. They were telling people, you can't do this, can't do that, can't do this, can't do that. Church of Philippi. Paul's in prison when he writes, uh, he writes these, the book of Philippians to them. And then the book of Thessalonians, he's writing a Thessalonica. And he loved these believers so much. And you remained faithful to them. We talked about all these things that God has done to all these churches through his New Testament. And I asked you guys a question. I asked you guys, where does the Bible end? Where do you guys think it ends? Where, where at? Anybody know? If you have an idea, the Bible ends where? When you, die. when you die. It ends when you die. It no longer exists. I don't think it ends. You don't think It ends. Anyone else want to give a guess? Revelation? That's a very literal one. Page 300 and something. It does technically end in the book of Revelation. Bible's over then. But it continues on. The Bible is still living because there's one piece that ha- that's a key piece of Revelation. Anyone know what that is? Dragons. No, just kidding. It is. There's a dragon in Revelation. Every time I read that, I go, "Do we get dragons? I want a dragon. Can we all get dragons? Will my dragon be colorful? Do we get to pick our dragons? Is it like Avatar where we got to mount our dragons and we got to get a lock of our hair? I got. Can I do that? Can I, I get the get the the t- But a key element, if you guys are thinking about it this week, is this. Revelation is about the return of Jesus. Now, I was going to get deeper in to what a lot of people think the return of Jesus will look like. A lot of churches will tell you it comes with rapture. Some churches will tell you there's no rapture. A lot of churches will go talking about, you know, that the book of Revelation is a chronological order. Some people say it's metaphorically. But I don't want to get into that because there's one key thing that always that, that, that is the truth, and that is revelation is about Jesus' return. And he's not just returning just to return and make a comeback, you know, like we're all awaiting for Boy Meets World, you know. We're waiting for that to come back. We've been waiting for years, just praying on it. No, he's coming back to come back to right the wrong. God, I don't know if we understand, God loved us so much. That even from the beginning, when we made a mistake to not choose him, it breaks his heart. I don't know how many of you guys even knew that God had a heart, but he does. And that heart beats for you guys. And it breaks for you guys. My heart even breaks for you guys. Every wrong decision that it's made, every foolish mistake that's ever you've ever made, when you're regretting and hurting it, it hurts me too. It really does. For years and years, I've called it a problem. For years and years, I've called it not a part of my personality, but I've said that it's something else. I need to get rid of it. But my heart does break for you guys. My heart beats for you guys just like God's heart beats for all of us. It beats so much, though, that I'm willing to come up here and preach to you guys in a zebra outfit, not caring if you guys are laughing or taking me seriously. Some of you guys are still in costume, which makes me feel a little bit more safe. You know, but there's one key element. Jesus calls us to be a part of him, to embrace him. That whole Old Testament's about him meeting us where we are. But I think a lot of us are running away. And today what we're going to do is we're going to do something. And I'm going to have Colton come up and play a little bit. And before you guys go, I know we kept you here a little longer than we should have, but before you guys go, I want to give you guys a chance to be a part of Jesus, to have him a part of your life, that we're not going to ask Jesus into our hearts. We're going to do something a little bit more intimate that's in the New Testament. As we get towards this road to resurrection, there's something that happens. Jesus goes and he has, he has a dinner, a dinner with his apostles. And at this dinner, there's a, there's a cup of wine and there's this bread. And they're, as they're laying there, despite what you see of the painting, that's not actually how they were there. They were laying near to each other intimately, longing to hear what Jesus had to say. And I think partially knowing them in their hearts that he can't stay here forever. And he comes to ensure them and say, yeah, you can. You can stay here forever. So over on here on my right side, you guys see something here. There's like two gold plates. I think Rebecca's going to bring it over, but in the, in the New Testament, in these Gospels, Jesus invites everyone in this act to immediately remember what he has done, what he was going to do, and remember the love that is always offered to you.